0: The new home of Utah Niners football and Utah Men's basketball, the Orange Revival, is on 600 ESPN El Paso. Thanks
1: for taking time out of your night and joining us for the next hour on the show. Love to be here.
0: I enjoy your show. I always listen to it.
1: We love to have you. And maybe now that it's uh, baseball playoff well, time, you. it's the best time in the world to uh, to get you on to talk a little a little hardball right now as Tom Glavin going up against the Cardinals here in the uh, bottom of the 3rd inning.
0: Well, I mean, this is this is the best time of year for baseball. I mean, you fight all summer long and go through the June swoons and then the August pennant races and then here you are. So it's a, it's an exciting time for baseball fans and gives us all a chance to see what the what the good clubs are doing
1: how much do you miss um not being around uh baseball and an everyday
0: you know activity like you had for so many years with the Diablos? Uh, i miss it uh tremendously i i didn't think i would but i i know i missed it some but i really miss it a lot and the thing i miss about it most are the people that are there the players the uh the the association with other minor league executives and uh the major league people you know it's it in the in the 24 years that i was a part of it it was like a a, a big family or big fraternity everybody kind of knows everybody yeah. and it was just that was a wonderful part to go to the winter baseball meetings and see everybody chit chat there and, you know we we're there for about five days so it's it's, it's just great and and you develop Relationships that were just—I really miss that, and I miss the fans. I really miss walking around the ballpark and talking to all the good El Paso fans. You probably
1: are uh, are, are someone that has made so many contacts here over the years that I'm sure you've kept many of them, including the uh, now uh, longtime commissioner of baseball, Bud
0: Selig. He's a good man. He's a really good man, and 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 he's a guy that was—he was easily the. It was easy to talk to when he was the owner at, at, at Milwaukee and of course we associated, affiliated with Milwaukee for the last eight years I was uh, uh, owner of the Diablos Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> he, he's a guy that does not come across well on TV, he doesn't photograph well, you know, uh, his interviews are okay, but in person he's great.
2: I've always liked him.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, I it's like Bud Sealy. Yeah. Then why
1: that's is it that, that Bud Sealy always gets such a bum
0: rap by everybody, Jim? It's like being the President of the United States. No matter what your decision is going to be, half of them are going to be mad at you. <coughs> Excuse
2: that's me. A, that's yeah. well
0: put. It's well put. It, it's hard. It's just really hard. And he's done a lot of great things and, uh, and, and been a pretty good commissioner. But uh, it, it, it's just tough when you make a decision, somebody's there to second guess you. Like I
1: ask a lot of people and uh, I'll ask you this too, Jim, you've been around this city for a long time. You've been around the, this university for a long time. you uh, I'm sure remember uh, back in your college years when uh, you had a chance to uh, meet this man for the first time. I don't know if a lot of people have heard some of those stories. Why don't you share it with us?
2: Do I have to don't yes. don't lie. Don't oh. lie Jim Embellish I'll tell I'll tell some things on you if you do
0: I'll tell you this. Uh, mm-hmm. I was just fortunate uh, that, uh, you know, in those days you didn't have a scholarship limit. Yeah. So, um, coach felt really sorry for me, and, uh, and they needed an extra slot on the freshman team to, uh, for you know to just a body, and that's about all I brought to the table. But no, um,
2: that's not true. I've never. Uh, um, Jim was a, a good high school player, shot the ball well, but at the time he was here. We really had some great talent.
0: Man, I guess. my yeah. our, That freshman class that I came in with was Orston, artist, Harry Flournoy, yeah. Togo Rayleigh um, um, Let's see. Well, well, we had that uh, Jerry Armstrong. Jerry Armstrong. Okay. And then uh, Odell Holmes was in that group. And then we had uh, Jay Christopher. Remember him? Right. Um, I think there was, it was just nine of us that came in at that time. But, boy, you talk about talent. It, 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 you know, when you play on any team, you keep thinking, the reason I'm on the bench is because the coach doesn't like me. Yeah. I knew exactly why I was on the bench. But it, the wonderful thing was that after after we played, uh, after my freshman year, I was able to, uh, you, you know, the coach says, you, you, you're not capable of going to the next level. And I understood that, but I just appreciated the fun of being there. Well, no, there was no fun about that at all. Um, uh, he was the meanest man I ever met in my life but afterwards I got to work for Eddie Mullins in the sports information office yeah. and so I, I was able to continue my relationships not only with Coach Haskins and Jerry Hale and, and Mo Iva and all the guys that came along after that but with all the players so you know uh, you know, along came Worsley and Cager and Latin and, and Barnes and you know, it was, uh, Barnes was there when I got there, but it was, but it was able. I was able to keep that relationship up. And anytime they all come to town, or when we all went to uh, Washington D.C., it's was like we never missed contact with each other. I used to take Shed home uh, on Thanksgiving and Christmas because he couldn't go back to New York. In yeah. those days, you couldn't give him money to go right. legally, and, and Coach Haskins uh, never would do something like that anyway. So uh, you know, we just I just treasure all the moments that we had together as a, as a group
1: now i'm curious about this jim and 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 i don't know if uh, it's something that you can really get into but you mentioned the fact that this was one of the meanest guys you've ever had a chance to get in with in your entire life and as a freshman basketball player and somebody that you know i'm sure didn't have as much interaction as let's say uh, some of the varsity players this man still knew pretty much everything you guys were doing didn't he
0: uh, when we were around that, that field house, he darn sure did. The rest of us, you know, we, we, when we got when practice was over, everybody wanted to get the heck out of there. Yeah. I, it, I tell people the story. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I'm, now I'm getting all the, uh-huh. the other half of the story, which is something right. that none of us would ever believe right. when we were there. Uh, even as a sports information assistant, that student assistant, you know, I, I, he didn't have to, I didn't have to fear him, but... Too late, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we I got, I got drafted, went uh, into the service, you know, and um, so I'm at, uh, at Fort Bliss, going through uh, basic training with the drill sergeants then, and that's when you didn't have the volunteer army. You had a lot of guys that thought they were tough that got drafted or came out of college or right out of high school. Were pretty tough guys, but the drill sergeants were mean. I mean, they were rough, but it didn't bother me at all. I kept thinking, you know, after going through a, a, a basketball season with Coach Haskins how tough can these guys be? You know, I go, is this the best you guys can give me? Yeah. But, you know, again, um, after all these years, I I, I see that there was really some method to his madness and his meanness, I think. (laughs)
2: Um, Jim, I'll tell you, I thought you'd lost your mind when you bought the... uh, That was Sun Kings, wasn't
0: it? Well, yeah. yeah, Okay. mm -hmm.
2: And, you know, They'd fallen flat on their face around here. And I thought, my God, you know, I couldn't believe you did that. And I don't know if you want to tell people in this town what you bought that team for. And I know you don't want to tell anyone what you sold it for. But uh, uh, you have always been great in getting people to do things. I don't know how to explain this real well, but he can get that ballpark filled. Yep. And one time I went in his office, and I could not believe all this wall was covered with uh, uh, people that he had talked to in town, people that he had helping, and the reason that they did it was because of personal contact. Right. Like to him. And uh, um, what year was it you took, you bought the baseball game?
0: Well, I came to work in 74, where it was going to be me, Vandenberg, and Joe Sitters, and then they went to pro sports, so I actually owned the team in 75.
2: 75.
0: That's where I bought it for the yeah. $1,000. And uh,
2: you bought it for 1000 I was going to ask you how much. I didn't want to... Not a but, bad investment. No, not not a bad investment after... Uh, um, we, we all saw what happened after he quit. I don't know the... Um, you know, he, he's magic when he gets... Like, like right now, you know, he's doing... Uh, uh, Jim needs to explain this to it, but uh, like a week or so ago, he had this group in town. What was... Uh, that was
0: Michael W. Smith. Michael concert. W. Smith. Yeah.
2: Packed. He had the place packed. Well, and uh, got another one coming up. 26th. And uh, I promise you, it'll be packed. I believe it. I and, hope so. Uh, and <laughs> he uh, did me a big, big favor early in the year when he had the... You know, he put together this thing in the evening with Don Haskins That's right. and if you talk about a shock person when I walked out on the stage with uh, Jeff Lindberg, um there was more than t- I think it was 2,200 about 2,400 2,400 and uh, all the seats were filled now how he does these things I don't know but he's magic when it comes to uh, uh, getting events uh, I would uh, he- I've never, I've never seen him do anything and he didn't get uh, get everybody to come. No, I want to the talk baseball about that. baseball team a yeah. bit.
1: I definitely want to get into a more of the evening with Don Haskins as we continue. but I know we've got a caller on the line 880-5763 880 krd and uh, search help me again and refresh my memory. that would be uh, Frank from Central El Paso. Frank, thanks for the phone call. you're on with the coach.
3: Oh thank you very much for taking my call. Always a pleasure. Um uh coach, always, always an honor to talk to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you very um, much, Frank. I'm I'm curious, you know, I just uh you know, I, I, I'm looking over all this information about what happened in, in Florida and I'm curious how you handled and how much responsibility you as a coach have to take uh for your players' actions. Okay. Yeah. Uh you know, there, there's 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 you know, I, I, I'm sure there's emotions running rampant. and But the thing is, they seem to blame the coach for the players' actions. And how much does the coach and the administration have to deal with all this?
1: You know, that's a great question. Well, because, it's a coach, great
2: question, and I don't you know if that. you can answer it.
1: That's a tough one. I
0: mean, uh,
2: now, Jim, in baseball, you know, we're always having two teams. Uh, come on, dance. I kind of like it. Yeah, it's kind of like wrestling. Uh-huh. You know, they're not hurting each other. But baseball, uh, they do it all the time. And that was crazy, what happened the other day. And, you know, they never have said what started it. I don't know what started it. Or if they did, I didn't hear it.
3: I believe it was a a Florida international player pushed a Miami, Florida player. It might be vice versa, but during pregame practice, and it was an antagonist. Oh, it was
2: before the game even started
0: no no it was during the game that they, they oh i up, see they no, during the, game
3: the, the, the fight started yeah. at the game but it was like kind of like a little antagonistic thing that was happening but coach how much responsibility do you you have for your players actions and, and well
2: you know i always told my guys that uh if something happened and they left the bench uh um uh, you know we had a problem it's kind of like i've said this many times You know, like you got people hollering behind you. Sure. And uh, uh, you're on the road. And uh, they're calling you, you know, a few choice words. And I always said, I always told the players that uh, if I ever turned around, they got to turn around. But if not, they better not turn around. And, you know, footballers, a lot of guys out there. And, uh, you know, they're blaming the coach from Miami. You know, when everybody just goes out there all at once, I don't see how – gri- I don't know. I don't know whose fault it is. I know they've got to do something about it, but um, well, I don't know to... what. I think, Jim, what would, what would you do in that situation? It's a
1: great question, and thank you for the phone call, Frank.
0: Thank you.
2: Thank you, Frank.
0: Uh, Frank, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, a lot of times coaches lead by example, and, and I can remember uh, we had a really great basketball player by the name of Willie Brown. The guy, could, he could do anything with the ball and was a great competitor and a great, great point guard. They weren't point guards then. I mean, he, he did both. But the thing was, I can remember one time um, you had Bobby Joe Hill, the first Bobby Joe Hill, and somebody threw a punch and hit, I think, Bobby Joe or something like that. The miners were not the cause or the start. But Will, Will, uh, Brown ran in there. And and push the guy that, that threw the punch. And Coach Haskins drug him off that court, sat him down, and he didn't play for another 10 minutes. Yeah. And that set an example for the entire team, no matter what happens to your guys on that court. You don't come off the bench or you don't go after the guy that did it. That's for the referees and the other coach to help. Hey, Jim, if you did that a couple of times.
2: Yeah, if there's 70 or 80 out there and they all go out, I don't. Yeah. Well, that's uh, hard to do.
0: That, yeah, to do. I'm. But, you know, these are guys who have been playing football all their lives since Pop Jack. Warner and Pee Wee. They ought to know how to control their emotions when something like that happens. True. And uh, it, was just, it was two guys that started, but a third guy had to come in, and then a fourth guy had to stop that, the third guy, and then there you go.
2: I noticed they are going to send a bunch of them to anger management. <laughs> uh, that isn't going to help. Uh, uh, they all got mad uh, at the same time. You know, Florida Nationals getting beat pretty good, and uh, Miami uh, – More than likely, there's some choice words on the field about this and that. But um, I wish I could answer that question. I'm sure that both athletic directors and uh, the presidents of the school. But I just hate to see these kids uh, discipline to the point where they lose their scholarship. I wish, I wish they could discipline them, but not not that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe um, I know one thing. Uh, if they do that, there'll be football players all over the United States watching, see what's happening, and they're probably not going to do that.
1: I'm sure you're right. All right, let's take our first break of the hour. When we come back, more with Jim Paul. We are live at Fuddruckers on the west side of town, and we'll continue right here with the Don Haskins Show, only on News Radio KROD. (laughs) The new home
4: of Utah
0: Niners football and Utah men's basketball. The Orange Revival is on 600 ESPN El Paso.
2: K-R-O-D.
1: Welcome back, everybody, as we continue with uh, more of the Don Haskins Show from Plot Rutgers here on the west side of town. Steve Kaplowitz along with uh, Coach Haskins and uh, Jim Paul, our second-hour guest, former Diablos owner. Right now, the Mets have taken a two-nothing lead on the Cardinals, thanks to a two-run home run by Jose Valentin. You wanna come and watch this game? All you gotta do is come on down and uh, join us tonight here at uh, Fuddruckers West, the home of the Don Haskins Show. And during the break, we had a chance to talk about some interesting things, guys. And Jim, take us through about six, seven, eight months ago when you were able to put on the uh, first uh, production, An Evening with Don Haskins, and how this whole event came together.
0: Well, uh, you know, a bit of weakness, <laughs> <laughs> and, and no common sense no I, I, I it was just a wonderful thing uh, it actually started out with Jeff Lindberg saying uh, hey we got to do something for Coach Haskins uh, maybe an evening with Coach Haskins uh, honor him and this and that and we uh, he had a couple of ideas and he called me up and we sat down and I said well look let's uh, let's put this thing together and let's let's get him to talk about we pretty much here in El Paso know his career from the national championship to right. today. Right. So we want to know more about Coach Haskins because being friends with Coach, uh, I've heard so many funny stories about his childhood and the people that he grew up with and the things he did when he was coaching high school, uh, basketball, football, driving the bus, that, that most El Pasoans don't know. And, of course, none of that's addressed in the movie at all. And I, thought, I said, that would be, you know, that would be what we should do. And that's kind of the premise we started with. And from there, we, we, we determined where we we're going to do it. And then um, because it's a, you know expensive evening, uh, I, we decided to get uh, sponsors, table sponsors. So they could come to a dinner yeah. and, uh, and uh, receive, uh, everybody at their table receives an autograph book. And the El Paso Times chipped in with a, this is that El Paso, you know, collage of all the things we do here in El Paso. And uh, we just had, you know, so I just started making phone calls. And we got, gosh, Coach, about 45 tables sold, which was the bulk of the... No
2: telling how much time this man spent. Doing spent, that. A lot of, spent a no, lot of time. No, no telling.
0: Well, it was a lot. Uh, you were there.
2: He, I, I was there. And, uh, Jim, I want to thank you. You and Jeff. Um, it was the evening of my life. I, I loved it.
1: You were pretty we, nervous, weren't you, when, well, that, when that whole thing well, started? Well, I, I
2: was, i tell you what, I, I expected maybe, he told me there was going to be a lot of people there. But I didn't believe him. I thought, uh, I thought maybe he might have 1,000, 1,500. And I walked out, and I looked around and you see that place packed it's totally packed and uh, yeah get a little scared
0: well we had 450 just for dinner alone that's right Right. but the thing was coach was a real trooper because we'd bring him in and have him sign books because anybody bought a table got a book yes made out just to that to that that guest but at the time he was fighting the, the flu that led to pneumonia. So I would tell you, I thought it was allergies. Yeah, we blamed it on everything else, and Doctor Bood kept kept him going during that time period. But it it, um, it it was the beginning of the of the pneumonia that he ended up with, and therefore he didn't get to go with the rest of us to Washington D.C. But you uh, were a real trooper, and I, you know, toward the second half he really started to relax and show his true colors and and had the audience laugh, and it. That that's what I wanted to see is what we, we know what the man did when he got here. What was the makeup and the and, and the and the things that he went through his childhood to make him the man that he is? The stories and the people that were influential in his life you know the great artist that he was in civics class and things like that those are interesting stories those are stories that el paso ones are most people don't know about that's what that was our premise
1: let's go back to the phones right now 880-5763-880-KROD let's hook up with Dave from northeast el paso Dave thanks for the phone call you're up next on the Don Haskins show
4: hey how are you a long time um, got a comment and a question for the coach um I heard you talking about Jeep Jackson earlier, and, uh, you know, I just had to call because I remember Jeep, I was living in the dorms when he was on the team, and, uh, I just, you know, remember him, he was the nicest guy, you know, not, just not the nicest guy on the team, he was like the nicest guy you would ever want to meet, he was even nicer than Jim Paul, you know, (laughs) he he was so good, my brother and I totally admired him, we we just thought he was going to be, you know, the greatest, and, uh. It was just uh, the saddest thing, you know, to lose him, and uh, I don't know, I know you like to talk about him, so I, I thought I just, you know, just I had to call him to say well, that, I, yeah,
2: what a nice guy he was. I tell you what, he always had a smile, didn't he? He sure did. He treated me like, yeah. you know, a brother, basically, yeah. you know? I'd be out on the floor chewing him out, and he'd be smiling at me. Yeah, he had yeah. the greatest
4: <laughs> smile. You know, he was the guy. He had it all. I mean, it's just what a waste. What a oh, lo- not a waste, but what a loss. I know? think
2: of him a lot. Yeah, he and, he and my uh, brother
4: talk about him still.
2: You know, uh, there was a lot of people came to that funeral Yeah. At, uh, down at uh, uh, special events. Yeah. And uh, um, it was a very, very sad thing. Yeah. Uh, I know when I got called that day, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it because I knew it was a little pickup game. I think they were playing. uh, Fort Bliss. No, Dallas Cowboys out at Fort Bliss. And he hadn't been on the floor, I understand, very long, just and down and went over and keeled over. Well, life
4: is fragile. I got a question for you, though. Sure. When they build the gigantic – monument, the bronze statue to you on the campus, what do you want it to look like?
2: That's oh, a great uh, question. Yeah,
4: I'll let you go you no, think about I'd, it. All right, thanks,
2: I'd have to think about that a lot. I don't think there'll be a I'll tell you what, I've been honored enough with uh, special events being named after me and um, you know the various Hall of Fames I've been inducted to and I don't expect a statue and don't want one. But uh, uh, what I'm really interested in right now is what kind of team we're going to have this year. Uh, I had lunch with uh, Tony Barbie today, and I think all you guys out there, all the fans are going to love the style of basketball we're going to play. And I'm not trying to evade your question, but I would never thought about that.
1: Well, I'm just curious.
2: I've had enough honors.
1: You want the uh, the young-looking Don Haskins or the older Don Haskins?
0: I'd like to see you find one where he's smiling. <laughs> hey, let me just mention something about that. You remember, Coach? That is
2: an honor <coughs> the question he asked. Thank you.
0: Remember we, we, uh, one time we had a, a, a um, in baseball, you know, when a, when a great player retired or something in the old days, they would have a big deal about his retirement at the end of the season, and, and they would give him a car, a gun, and things like that. And we did that at Diablo Baseball. I'm not so sure that it wasn't the year you were inducted in the Hall of Fame or maybe just before it or something like that. And we got different people, to, to, and we had a big night out there, and we put him on the mound, and we had all these people present all these things. Like Rubio's Restaurant, we used to go down there and eat, and he loved to have those three enchiladas flat with with two eggs on top. So they named it the Don Haskins um, uh, Special, so you get the three enchiladas. And we had a lot of people. We gave you a lot of stuff. That but half yeah. of what you didn't. A year supply of pizza. Gene Correjo gave us a year supply of. Uh, How about
2: a case of toothpicks? Yeah, that, okay. I always had tooth. I had toothpicks for years.
0: We almost got in a little <laughs> trouble, Steve, because uh, Ann Richards had just been elected governor, and we were all over her to to change the the ruling about naming a facility after somebody from the, the campus. You know. Uh, before they died. and uh, so uh, we were all over her about that and we had the, one of the top aides contacted saying you know it's it's rules for the University of Texas system <clears throat> we just can't do that and we go well this is somebody very special you mean uh, the football stadium in, in, in uh, Austin after Darrell Royal it's only right in I'm not going to say we had a lot to do with it, but we certainly got the ball rolling because we put a lot of heat on them. And I think that that's when uh, Dr. Natalicio and her staff started, you know. <laughs> but I think we got a couple of calls from her office saying, you guys need to take the heat off because we were hoping. That well, that-
2: she, she had a lot to do with, uh, with that happening. Well, hey, I'm, I want to ask a question this guy.
0: Well, let's do this.
1: Let me take a break, and right. we'll come back, and you can ask the question. All right. More in a moment. More of your phone calls from Fuddruckers as the Don Haskins Show continues on News Radio KROD.
0: The new home of Utah Miners football and Utah men's basketball, the Orange Revival, is on 600 ESPN El Paso.
1: Welcome back, everybody, as we continue more here live from Fud Ruckers. Don't forget, every other Tuesday night, we are here. We'll be back on Halloween, trick or treating.
2: Trick or treat. That's oh, right. Man.
1: Better be ready. Bring your candy, coach, because uh, it's Tuesday night. We're going to give everybody a chance to. Uh, well, maybe, you know, it'd be nice if they dressed Will, up and we'll come uh, over here in costume. That would be I great. Might,
2: uh, <clears throat> Who would I dress up like?
1: I don't know. Ooh, when you uh, when you used Mickey to dress Mouse, up as a kid, maybe? who would you
0: dress up as?
1: Who was your favorite Halloween costume?
0: James Arnest.
1: <laughs> Gunsmoke. <laughs> um, you had an interesting question before the break you wanted to throw out at Jim.
2: Uh, Jim, now you were here twenty four years, right? Yes. Twenty four years. All right. Name a few ball players that come through the organization. That went on uh, to make uh, now there's a J and i went to AAA and and uh, uh, maybe uh, for a cup of coffee in the majors I think that's what they call it and you just get up there and go back but name a few of the players that come through.
0: Well, we had a lot that, that got up there and stayed a long time. Uh, uh, Candiotti was a great pitcher, relief pitcher. Oh he lasted, yeah, I forgot he lasted about him. And then he then he learned right. how to throw the knuckle yep. ball and he lasted just up to about two years ago. And uh, there was a guy named Jones. that was a tremendous relief pitcher. He pitched up to about two years ago. Uh, Mark Loretta's playing right now for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, we we know that Larry, Shef- I mean Gary Sheffield, is playing out in the outfield for the Yankees. He right? was a
2: shortstop here, right?
0: Started a shortstop here. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was a great talent. You know, yeah,
2: he, he was a he, he was came, an athlete.
0: He came to town with. First time I ever seen anybody put initials on their front teeth, GS and gold. <laughs> um, that would keep uh, him And then Mike Matheny, who's still playing as a catcher for right. uh, of uh, the Giants, but he was with uh, St. Louis for a long time. We had uh, Carney Lansford, who played third base for us, tremendous player, and uh, ended up um, winning the American League batting championship one year for uh, the Oakland A's. Um, you know. Good.
2: I forgot about him playing here. I totally Tony forgot. Yeah, forgot.
0: He had three brothers. They all were big football yeah. players. He was a linebacker in college and high school, and you could see why. He was a big kid. And then we had you know, we had a lot of managers. I mean, I could. Uh, it would take me forever to sit down here and go through all the guys that made it to the majors, that played to the majors. Yeah. Um, but, um, uh, you know, Moose Stubing was one of our managers. Moose went on to be a third-base coach for the uh, Angels. Still with him. Yeah, he's an advanced scout. A scout. Yeah. yeah. We had um, – <clears throat> Tony Muser was one of our great managers. That's right. And ended up managing. Um, he's now with uh, the, the Padres as their bench coach, but he managed the uh, Kansas City Royals. You had Dave Garcia, who was our first manager when I was here for the Diablos. He ended up managing Cleveland and the Angels. And then we had um, uh, Bobby Canop went on and, and, and did third base for the Angels for a long time. Buck Rogers uh, was our, right after Canop, and Buck Rogers ended up managing Milwaukee, and uh, they almost fired him, and the next year he takes them all the way to the uh, playoffs and loses to the Yankees in Game 7 before going to the World Series. So we had a, a lot of good managers and radio announcers, too.
1: That's true, too. You uh, brought in uh, Vince Catronio, Mad Matt Vascursion there. Uh, of course, John Teicher was the longtime voice. You guys uh, were very uh, fortunate for radio. Even
0: before Teicher, we had... Um, we had uh, Dylan, Tom uh, Dylan. Tom sure. Dylan, who's oh, yeah. the voice of Arizona State baseball and Arizona State uh, football, well, he, and, and then he does the Cardinals.
2: Uh, He's been over a long time.
1: Great yeah. talent, great yeah. voice. 880 voice, 5763 880 KRD as we continue live from Fud Ruckers here at 5030 North Desert Boulevard. Folks, you still have time to come on down and join us, not to mention Dollar Cores lights on tap till 8 o'clock. You can watch the Mets and Cardinals. And uh, What do you know? The Cards have come back off Tom Glavin in the fourth. These are the first runs that Glavin has given up They're all playoff long and now is uh, up to a full count here with uh, two outs in the fourth inning, Jim. Who do you like in this series? I mean, who do I
0: think is going to do it? I think Detroit yeah. really is. And yeah. I'd like to see them. You know, I'm one of these guys that pulls for the underdogs uh, in baseball. The team that has the, the smaller uh, total payroll, I'm for them. Because I want the little guys to win. Because you, you champion the little guys for all your years with the Diablos. Probably so. So I who haven't. do you
1: like? So, who, so who, these guys, these two teams both have pretty good payrolls, the Cards and the uh, Mets. So who
0: do you like between these two teams? You know, I... I like the Cardinals. I, I'm, I'm kind of like Dr. Natalicio. I grew up pulling for Stan Musial and, and, and Boyer and and, and Red Schoendick's and uh, yeah. all and, and and Dizzy Dean was the first guy I ever knew that was a Cardinal by listening to him uh, do the uh, the uh, games of the oh, week on Saturday. Oh, I used Saturday. to listen
2: to those all the time. Buddy Blattner, and um, Dizzy Dean. You know, uh, getting off this just a little bit, but Jim, you were named uh, executive. What what is the title? Yeah. Executive of the year. Uh, how many times? Two or three.
0: In the league, it was five times. Five times. And for the uh, for all my uh, double A baseball, it was five times. And
2: you must three, have been doing something right.
0: Yeah, I learned how. Yeah. To, I learned how to persevere after getting through with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll the, tell him, can I tell him a cute story about yeah. Lefty Gomez? Absolutely. Now, when oh, you asked, you asked Coach earlier about you know uh, who he's pulling for, well, again, uh, knowing his youth. He's always been a Yankee fan. I mean, he loves the Yankees. I think the 24 Yankees was your favorite team, right, Coach?
2: Right. Um, Mickey Mantle from Oklahoma, Allie Reynolds. uh, Oklahoma. uh, My dad's favorite pitcher is the guy you're fixing to tell about.
0: Lefty Gomez. Lefty Gomez. The teammates called him Goofy. He came
2: in the office. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. See, uh, knowing that, and Lefty was coming into kind of a fundraiser type of – dinner for me the, that night so yeah. knowing that Coach loved the, so uh, we went to Coach Haskins office during lunch and we got with Tim Floyd and said look I'm going to put Coach I'm going to put Lefty Gomez in Coach's seat at his desk at his chair and then we'll get out of the way and then when Coach Haskins walks in I said Lefty you just say are you the Haskins that used to pitch back in Enid Oklahoma because Mr. Iba told me he was a hell of a pitcher he was just too lazy to work in the summertime, so he pitched all the time for those, for the the, the uh, semi-pro teams, the oil teams. So we had it all schemed out and all set. And Lefty Gomez is sitting there, the Hall of Famer. And and Don walks in there and he, and he goes, uh, "What are you doing in my chair?" And he says, "Hey, aren't you the guy that used to pitch at Enid, Oklahoma?" He goes, "What are you doing in my chair?" And Lefty says again, "Aren't you the Haskins that used to pitch baseball in Enid, Oklahoma?" And Haskins says. I don't know who the hell you are, but get the hell out of my office and get the hell out of my desk. Uh He never heard what Lefty was saying to him. He was mad because he was sitting in his chair.
2: Oh, that's not true. It's the truth.
0: Floyd and I walked in. before he was going to punch the old man out. And we go, Don, this is Lefty Gomez. He goes, what's he doing in my chair? I said, Don, look look at me. (laughs) This is the fifth time. This is Lefty Vernon Gomez, New York Yankees. And did he change his tune like I that? bet he no. did. Oh, yes, he did. And then he sat down. And he said, you can sit in this chair all you want. And he started He started telling stories about Babe Ruth because Haskins knew everybody on that team. And he wanted to know stories about him. Yeah. Remember, Lefty talked about all of them riding oh, yeah. in, in, in Babe Ruth's big old my, Cadillac.
2: My dad's uh, favorite baseball player of all time was Lefty Gomez. Where was he from? San Francisco.
1: Was he? I think he it was, I think it was from San Francisco. You know what that story means? No matter who you are, if this man did not recognize you and you were sitting in his chair, it's like, Archie Bunker, get the heck yeah, out, out of out that, that chair. chair. That's you're, t- you're
2: comparing me to Archie? Well, no, no, Archie's, no, Archie's... That's Archie's, a compliment. <laughs> 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 All
1: right, let's take a last break. Right. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the Don Haskins show next from Fuddruckers West right here on News Radio KROD.
0: The new home of Utah Miners football and Utah Men's basketball, the Orange Revival, is on 600 ESPN El Paso. <laughs>
1: Welcome back, everybody. As we continue, final uh, few minutes of the Don Haskins Show. Jim Paul has been our guest in the second hour. In the first hour, we had Reggie Minton. And, Jim, I I look at uh, the friendship that the two of you guys have had for so many years, and uh, I'm sure uh, since you've had a chance to get more involved with some of the more recent events, especially with the movie and the evening with Don Haskins, you've had a
0: chance to get to know this guy a little bit better every time. It's, it, it, it's interesting. Every time we get together, I, I get another good story out of him where I find out more about his uh, childhood or his formative years and probably know more than I need to know about him, and that's good enough for me.
2: You didn't tell anybody about my uncles being bootleggers, did you? No. That's true.
0: But I think you did mention that in the evening with Don Haskins. You what did? were their names? They were the t- their funny names.
2: Okay, Amos, Andy, Uncle Averill, and uh, Glenn Amos and Andy, now and how do you come and up with that? They were, they were all hillbillies from southern uh, Arkansas, along with my dad. And uh, my mom, he wanted to bootleg too, but my mother wouldn't let him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, there, I mean, how many people know that? That's a great story. That really mm-hmm. is. Um, but no, I, I look at what's gone on and, and, and your relationship through the years, and it's really interesting because you were able to go from playing basketball to baseball
0: was baseball always your first love or was basketball your first love no I I, I, college basketball and to this day I still love college basketball more than any of the sports I enjoy college football I I I'm getting to where I really enjoy college baseball because you really see them play the game with a good basic solid fundamentals of uh, catching the ball, hitting the ball, the situations. My son's really got me addicted to watching uh, the College World Series.
2: i got to ask one other question. You okay, can ask as many two of, questions as you two want. Of the, two of the finest men I ever knew was Andy and Sid Cohen. And, uh, you know, they coached baseball out here for free when I first came to town. And uh, I think this guy sitting by me, Jim Paul, got that stadium named after him.
0: Well, we had a contest for that, so... You did? Yeah. Uh, the city council took the names that were voted upon. Well, oh, you them.
2: couldn't have picked two finer. Yeah, absolutely. Men. They were great. Great. Uh,
0: when Andy was sick in the hospital, I took Sparky Anderson up there to see him in the hospital in, in Providence. And uh, Andy they, was a third base coach for Philadelphia, and that's where Sparky came through. And Sparky was a guy, you, when you came up there, you rode the pine, you never got to play at all. Yeah. So they suspended the—I don't know if McGraw was the head. It was I don't remember who the manager was of the Phillies at the time. But he got suspended for three games, so Andy took over.
2: That wasn't the Giants?
0: No, I think it was Philadelphia. New York— uh, It was yeah, the Phillies. He, he,
2: he, oh, okay. he played
0: for the Giants but coached with the Phillies. Oh, okay. okay. And Sparky came through, and he loved yeah. Sparky. So I think Andy coached two games. Remember, he's the only undefeated manager in the history of Major League Baseball because he never <laughs> lost a game. He, he won two games. And he started Sparky both those games, and then Sparky never played again in the major leagues. Yeah. So I brought him up to the hospital there, and he was so thrilled to see Sparky show up and talk about old times. That's what happens when you get baseball people together. They start these stories. And it's uh, when we, I, I surprised Coach another time, like I did with uh, with Lefty Gomez, with another Hall of Famer. You know, if you're going to bring somebody by to shoot, chew the fat with Haskins, I they, reckon, they better be in the Hall of I Famer. I
2: recognize this guy.
0: So we brought Bob Feller by. Yeah. <laughs> And, they're, and they're, they're having a good time chewing the fat. And then coach asked him, he says, you know, what's this stuff in the major leagues now where they, they do pitch counts? What is that all about? I don't, what do you think about that? Were you under a pitch count? He asked Feller, were you under a pitch count? He says, yeah, I was, Don. He says, you were. He goes, yeah. I said, well, what was your pitch count? He said, the ninth inning. Get to the ninth <laughs> inning. <laughs> you uh, pitch till you get to the ninth.
2: I shook hands with him, and he almost crushed my hand. Huge hands. But he had huge hands, and yeah. I'd say he's five ten, five eleven, six foot. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I, uh, I was old enough to uh, watch him pitch, and the guy missed the, four, the best four years, the like German? Ted Williams.
1: Guys. We're running out of time. The caller of the hour. I thought the first call, Vince, when he asked what made you decide to become a college coach, was a great call. We had we had, we had th- all great. I calls. thought all
2: of them were good. Yeah, uh, we got to give a winner. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I thought that was very good. I just thought all uh, all the people that called had uh, very very what, good questions. What
0: about the guys that said I was a nice guy? That's that's true too. We can <laughs> I'm give that one.
1: Jim, thanks so much for being a part of it, yeah.
0: and uh, come back anytime. Have Jim, back.
2: thank you. Thank you very much, buddy.
1: All right, that's going to do it. I'll see you in two weeks when it's World Series time.
2: Good deal. Um, I'd right. like to thank uh, all the people that come over tonight. We've had a pretty good crowd, as, and, as usual. And thank our sponsors you
1: as well. For Don Haskins, I'm Steve Kaplow. It's so long from
4: Fuddruckers.